I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Fangirls on Jackalope Radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the first official Fangirl Radio for the month of October 2014. So this month we have been posting on Facebook and our Twitter feed and our Tumblr feed and everywhere else. I've uh, said we are going to dedicate this entire month. Um, Part of the show will be to the wonderful world of horror. And I have, (laughs) the ghosts are happy about this. Um, And uh, later on this month, you can expect Mr. Tim Sullivan to be a part of the gang as we talk about Robert Corey. I have just confirmed Derek Mears, who plays like... I love Derek! (laughs) He's one of my favorite guests! Every, basically every monster in Sleepy Sleepy Hollow Hollow. is Derek Mears. (laughs) And there's some more surprises in store. I'm working on a big one if it can be pulled off. So without further ado, allow me to introduce Miss Rachel T. Moore. Good evening. And the lovely Miss Sarah Buck. Hello. And so we've got a lot to cover and we are having a great discussion at the end of this episode. Our discussion will be about... We've each, I've given the girls homework, which was surprising to them. Um, You had to pick a favorite fairly obscure not very well known so no mainstream stuff uh favorite horror movie uh oddball uh, you know not not really well known flick and i had mine already picked out but it, it took a little bit for the girls here because one's not really a horror girl and the other um he he wanted to pick something really good and i think it made her have to work a little bit I know so many good things. I ended up with two, but I can only talk about one of them. So you're going to have to pick. I did pick because one of them I don't remember. I just remember being terrified, but I'll save that for later. (laughs) So let's get into the week of geek. And first up is TV news. Um, they, I, I am very, very excited because hopefully by this weekend, I'll have seen the premiere of this, um, American horror story freak show has, Oh my God. Gosh, so good. Is so is coming and they released their um their their credit sequence. And stop motion, baby. It's all stop motion. And what's even creepier that a lot of people may not realize is that hidden within that stop motion is a real life freak who was a serial killer. And um, his name was Grady Stiles Jr., and they called him the Lobster Man. And within the credit sequence, there is, in fact, a little stop-motion caricature of him. 
that I caught immediately because my mom read the book about him when I was young, which, you know, explains so much, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. And there's so many things in there and I want to go back and rewatch it all again, but I think it's probably one of the coolest, you know, they keep out doing themselves with creepy on their, their, their starts. And this one definitely is way up there. There's so many wrong things in it. But um, I was very, I was like, oh my God, they actually put a real killer in there. That's not right. <laughs> That's so not right. But, it, but it's so right. It's so right for this show. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, Brian, yeah, they, they don't have any, they, they don't have any filter. They don't care. They're going to do it. Um, so another bit of news that came out this week, actually, I think maybe even today as of this recording, um, Rachel brought this to my attention. Um, is Nicole Yvette Brown is not coming back to community. But she actually has a decent reason. It's not because they fell out or anything. Her dad's elderly and he's sick and needs her care and attention. So she, she kept a reoccurring role that she's, um, that she was offered on a different show and it's being left open for her to rejoin if it, if it comes down to it or if, or if she wants to guest star, because I think, um, you know, it's not because of any bad reason, like right. Chevy chase, but, uh, there's the, the cool thing about the way community is structured is that because it is kind of, it's based off the community college experience to an extent, it, the change in lineup while it's hard because we've really grown to love these characters. I think that the, it's it there's a possibility of recovery especially since they're in a new format and we'll be trying a lot of different things anyway yeah i'm i'm worried about the the way the show feels because you know now we've lost three original characters from it for various reasons and i i don't know i i'm i'm hope i'm hopeful but at the same time i'm almost to the point of like they should have just let it go and i feel like um though like that same thing, you know, I'm a little bit in the camp of, like, no, I don't want to watch more Community, but, um, like, at the same time I do, it's just that whole, like, fear that it's going to be done really wrong, and um, with Nicole Yvette Brown, I, I love her, I think she's great, but I honestly, she's one of the characters who I'm like, I don't need to see more of your character. See, I think she's one of my favorite characters, so that's going to be difficult, and, um, Especially with uh with Danny Glover or, or Donald yeah Danny Glover leaving Don, Donald Donald yeah Damn it. yeah I always get it confused <laughs> with Donald Glover leaving um uh, you know there's there's it'll be interesting to see if they do anything about the representation of people of color on there but the the truth is that she was a great balancing factor to the acerbicness of a lot of the humor. And she's very talented, and it's sad to see her go, but I think it's one of those things where there's so much new this next season of Community. We'll wait and see how it goes, and worst-case scenario, it'll be, you know, disappointing and oh well. Like, yeah. I, I don't, but the thing is, there's so much love that goes into that show. You know, I, I think Harmon should just go and do Rick and Morty, the live-action movie and be done with it because <laughs> Rick and Morty is, is my happy right now. I love Rick and Morty. Uh, but you know, I, I loved her character, her character. I loved how she surprised everyone with her Hellraiser knowledge and <laughs> got Abed's attention. I still wanted Abed and Shirley. I really did. 
<laughs> I really did. I oh, thought it would Jessica. be great. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. That's what I thought would like happen. Sorry. Well, you get nothing but sorrow when you try and ship community. <laughs> it's yeah, true. It's it just well. makes me so angry. Uh, so, um, moving on to something much happier, which made Jessica squee a little bit more than normal, um, which is a lot. Uh, my prayers were answered, um, thanks to the fact they listened and heard me when I said, I want Howard Stark on Agent Cooper or Agent Carter. I want, I want, I want Howard Stark. And guess what? (gasps) Dominic Cooper is coming to Agent Carter. (laughs) It's Howard Stark. Sorry. I'm sorry if I hurt your ears with that. Um, yes, it is in fact. Subsonic. (laughs) Subsonic. Um, Dominic Cooper is, in fact, reprising his role as Tony Stark's beautiful, suave, awesome dad, um, Howard, in the Agent Carter series, and um, which is even cooler because we are going to have the original Jarvis with him as well. So you're going to have that interaction in live action with the two of them together. Um, and I'm really, really excited about it. And as you know, they they gave us a little preview of this on the premiere of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where we had that flashback to Car- Agent Carter and um, her crew just kicking ass and taking names uh, at the beginning of the show. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to see how pretty they make this show and definitely going to have some pretty when you have Dominic Cooper in there. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so let's move on to movie news because we do have some and um, kind of back into the Marvel camp with this one, the ongoing saga of who is going to be Doctor Strange. Oh, <laughs> now we have a new name that makes me cringe. Um, Ethan Hawke is possibly up for Doctor Strange now. Interesting. I, I don't. He's too short. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> Robert, if Robert Downey Jr. can play Iron Man, Ethan Hawke can large. play yeah, Doctor Strange. I mean, we've got forced perspectives, so the apple crates are a thing, and yeah. uh, I, I don't don't even talk about the whole. He floats most of the time. It's <laughs> it's not just that. I just don't see Ethan Hawke as Doctor Strange. I mean, I don't know. He's a good. I just like the fact that they're looking at good actors. They're and... looking at least not young, young and actors. actors that care about it. I mean, I see him more in the role than I see Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, he was good in Daybreakers, and and he's but he's doing a lot of horror movies now too. But I just, you have to remember, he was in Tape, which is like one of just amazing. If you haven't seen Tape, you're you're an idiot. And also, um, he was he was Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, but you know, at the same time, I just I I don't see him as Doctor Strange. Prove me wrong, Ethan Hawke. I don't, you know, at this point, let's see it. But I think he's point. someone who's honestly, like, talented enough to prove you wrong. Like, yeah, that's the one thing is, like, while, like, maybe physically and stuff, like, it's hard to see, maybe. But he's got so much talent that I think he could prove you wrong. Now, who's to say if he will or not but i think it's a possible i just wish they just hurry up and freaking cast at this point i'm like sick enough of waiting and and hearing all this crap that i just want them to cast it right you know i'd rather and, not know and just have the movie come out you know like, right i mean I, 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 I maybe that's the whole thing and maybe they're just like they've already cast it and have filmed it and they're just <laughs> 
years long. Just messing We're with just going to do a really yeah. long post-production because of all the special effects we it's need to possible. do. It's um, possible. I, I can't help but I, I keep seeing Pedro Pascal every time now. I just, it's, <laughs> it's Pedro Pascal is Dr. Strange and, and maybe if I wish hard enough, it'll happen. Um, you have that magic brain that makes I've it had happen. that occur quite a number of times, and it's kind of scary. Like, like uh, I did that recently because they're continuing the Hollow Crown series on BBC, and they've been releasing stills of um, Cumberbatch as Richard the Third. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to be sexually attracted to Richard the Third. You but, are now, <laughs> but there's Shakespeare in his mouth, and so as I, as I told Jessica and. All our listeners on um, the Guardians of the Galaxy episode, um, reevaluate your fetishes once in a while. Yeah, because you know you never know. Maybe a raccoon. Maybe there's a raccoon. always there's, no. You always need to stop for a minute and kind of reevaluate. Uh, you know what I haven't <laughs> looked for? I'm just going to go into a dark, dark place right now. You know what I haven't looked for yet? I bet you money. I'll bet you five dollars right now. There's Groot erotic fic out there. That has to do with branches. So there's certain things that I'm not okay with. I'm not okay with people doing crossovery stuff with Totoro and make it like because to me Totoro is like a really pure thing. I kind of have that same feeling towards Groot. Like tree spirits, you just shouldn't mess with them. Like telling you right now, I bet it's out there. Someone. Yeah, but it shouldn't be. Those people should be ashamed of themselves. (laughs) Yeah, but I think you should always also be ashamed of yourself for being attracted to Richard III. That's true. <laughs> You're completely correct. I, my deep burning shame knows no bounds. Speaking of deep burning shame, oh. <laughs> that's a hell of a segue. We're going to have more Twilight movies. Uh, I'm, I'm not lying. <laughs> They're Robert Patrick Pattinson to even like Don't even say that. Robert Patrick in Twilight in no, the same Robert Pattinson. <laughs> How did they even get him to like agree to that? Because no one hates Twilight well, like here, he did. Here, here's the oh, thing. Is... They're not. He's not involved. Oh this well, is um as far as I can tell, he's not involved. So what's going on is Stephanie Meyer, I guess, isn't making enough money. So she's decided to do a contest called New Creative Voices of the Twilight Saga, the Storytellers. And um, here's what makes me sad is Kate Winslet's involved in this, too. <laughs> and Octavia Spencer. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. And uh, yes, you got to make pay the mortgage. Oh, so so what All the money people are. This, this is well, this is what this I, this part I, I understand and I like they're they're pushing female filmmakers and so what they're doing is it's a multi-phase contest with five female filmmakers will be chosen to 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 direct these various new films and the judges will include talent they have all the connection to the young adult world blah 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 and they're also wanting to use this um to spur on twilight and have like an f the first entry will um have to do like with the twilight movies or something and it's they're yeah i just we're gonna end up having like a bella more like you know like um there's the potter more is there gonna be like the interactive well they're gonna be short films and they're gonna be be short films and they're they're going to be on facebook (laughs) but hey you know there are worse ways to make money i guess and fans will have 
yeah, they're going to, like, have the fan base. It actually sounds smarter than the actual Twilight series. Like, it actually sounds like something I'd want to watch. The problem is this. Okay, either you get some smart filmmakers who use this as a platform, or you get Twilight fans making short films. Which they already have. I can almost guarantee. Which, which, I just, I just. Sarah's head's about to explode right now, so let me take over for a minute. <laughs> you know, I, I can hear, I can, I can hear the scanner music coming in, and her head's about to explode. Um, so my fate is, I, I a friend of mine, uh, Ryan, as you guys have heard, he's called in the show a couple times. We were talking about this, and I'm like, you know, I should, I should apply for this. You know what my movie would be? Mine would be about the Volturi killing the entire Cullen clan and blood and you know everywhere. And he made mention of the fact that oh, but they're marble; they turn into to glitter. And if you killed them, I'm like, not in my damn story. You know, it's like let let them use your your Volturi use you know give us the stuff that we haven't heard about we've all heard about the Cullen clan let's hear about the real vampires you know and get Michael Sheehan involved they still sparkle Jessica yeah but they, they don't want a sun I don't have a problem sparkle. with the Twilight fandom it's I not my either. cup of tea I don't but I have a like problem with let them have their thing and if they can make it smart and elevate it beyond the like kind of trite thing that this, it was originally yeah. i'm all for it yeah. like if it gets some yeah. if it gets some great female filmmakers some press hey but what if it that my my thing is that like i really hope it does i really hope it's a good thing for female filmmakers my my fear is that why are we putting money into this when there are plenty of good female filmmakers who have nothing to do with Twilight? Because, we can just give them money. Because in in uh, in Hollywood, if you want to get something done, it, you have to have a known property. I mean, like, you're not going to get the capital to do it. And I'm Which just, is the entire thing that is wrong thing. I'm going to bring up one more thing, and then we're going to move on. But this is the fan base that right now is berating stalking and using uh, and it's not all the fans but here this is this is sad rob pattinson's dating a new girl who is not Kristen stewart and she is half black one quarter um i believe italian and one quarter white and she is being basically just berated with racist crap on twitter because of her dating him by Twi fans. You're doing fandom wrong. You're doing fandom wrong, yeah. kids. So and please. that's it. Like, I mean, that's that's the problem is that, you know, like you need to uh people. Because she's because he's not they, she's not Kristen Stewart. So that's why I'm like, please, if you're going I hope the fans that are involved with this are the mature ones and not the crazy ones. Um, because Twilight, I you know, it was fluff, it was trashy fluff. I I enjoyed it for what it was. But it's Twilight that everybody has heard about and has, is why people think fans are psychotic because so it became so big and the, the, the fandom was so voracious and, and crazed because they'd never had – some of these guys had never had anything like this before in their lives. And they just latched onto it with their, you know, like crazy. And so – it's one of those things. Now they're bringing it back and have, have, you know, they're older now. 
hopefully they've matured. Hopefully they moved on to something better and, and have realized there's more to vampire fiction and there's more to horror than this. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of like, ugh, why can't they move on to something different? I don't think the people who are fans of Twilight, Twilight are in it for either the horror or the vampire fiction. No. I don't know. Some of them are. I think so. I think I think that's not true. I I think that um you know, but I I also don't want to like shame anyone for liking a vampire thing for non-vampire reasons. I mean, there's plenty Yeah, of... there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Like I what I would I would say is people need to be like honest about what they like about things. My my thing is I I and I said we're going to move on. We are, damn it. But yeah. my thing, as I've always said with Twilight, is it's, yay, I'm glad you're getting into this. Yay, I'm glad you like this. You're welcome to your fandom. I like Twilight for what it is, but don't think that this is the only thing there has ever been. For the love of God, if you like something, if you're like, oh, I like vampires. Okay. Have you ever heard of Sheridan Lafanu? Who? Have you ever heard of Carmilla? No. What? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that I think it's it, it's, it's not good to her, expand your horizons, but at the same time, like it's okay if you just like Twilight. That's fine, yeah. but don't go out and write an irate letter to Universal Studios for stealing from Stephanie Meyer the concept <laughs> of the Wolfman, <laughs> which is what they did. Yes, we. I mean, we've all heard those stories, and whether they be urban legends or not, I think it's just you know like. <sighs> fandom is such a sticky subject and it's, it's a so sticky yeah i and i'm you know like i said i'm i'm happy I, I i hung out with twilight fans i went and saw the first showing of the movie when it first came out and it's I, twilight is one of those things that's gonna like divide people because you know i i people don't like me saying i like it for what it is it's fluff the Twilight fans are going to kill me. Other hardcore horror fans are going to be like, how can you even like Twilight? And I'm like, I, it's fluffy fluff. I mean, that's what it is. Everybody likes their little meringue on top. And this is the meringue of everything. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. The metaphor has gotten man... out of control and we need to move on. <laughs> a grown man falling in love with a baby is not really fluff, but I don't think it's horror genre either. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Because I know a lot of people are trying to compare Doctor Who to that. That was a big thing that happened because of the whole Matt Smith and River, you know, Matt Smith's Eleven and River Song. But I always say, um, have you read this book called The Time Traveler's Wife yet? Because I'm surprised they didn't get sued for that one. Moving on. Yeah. Zombieland may be back if... The director has anything to say about it. Um, the 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 funny thing here is the original writers are pissed off, what? so they're not going to be on board, I guess. But they're going to bring in a guy by the name of Dave Callum. Who, Wait, why are they pissed off? They weren't happy about the fact that um, Zombieland fans like myself, who love the movie with a powerful love, um, hated the pilot because it sucked badly horrible horrible thing and their quote you know um Rhett, Rhett Weiss, Reese who was one of the original writers actually said I'll never understand the vehement 
hate the pilot received from diehard Zombieland fans. You guys successfully hated it out of existence, which I'm glad for because it was horrible. <laughs> you gladly uh, hated seen, it out of existence. I'm glad. It was horrible. I've seen a lot of bad pilots, though, that turned into decent shows. Not so. that one. That one would not I don't. I don't know if I saw it. I, if I did, I blocked it. It was just absolutely absolutely horrible they had recast everybody and it just was bad oh they didn't go with like new characters they just recast the yeah it was just bad it was just bad um so they brought in dave callum who wrote godzilla and the expendables um to draft a Zombieland 2 script with the help of the original director ruben fleischer so uh we'll see if it happens i know i've heard that jesse eisenberg and um woody harrelson weren't really interested in doing another one, which I can't see Zombieland 2 happening without Tallahassee, because I love Tallahassee. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if it happens, you know, and they're going to have to Harrelson get... Woody Harrelson is, like, a really good actor. I love I think, Woody Harrelson. You know, if they, I think it would probably really depend on the script for both of those guys, because both of those people take, like, a lot of pride in what they do. Well, and don't forget yeah. about Emma Stone, either. Because um, right. they'd have to bring her back into the fold. Yeah, I know. Like, like Woody Harrelson, I I think people write him off because you know he plays a lot of strange characters. Because he is he's, a strange character. <laughs> but he's very, very good, and like anything he does is very, very good, and has a certain amount of like, you know, prestige almost to it. Even if it's not like at face value, some like prestigious thing, it has something. You know, like so. He's he's a very good actor, and I um, if you guys saw True Detective, you will know. I was so good in that. Um, so here's um one of those game changer type of things, and I think it really is. And if this happens and it pulls off and it does well, this could change the way we watch movies. Period, and it involves Netflix. Um, the the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, is in production right now. It's called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2, The Green Destiny. And um, right now, Netflix and the Weinsteins are um, setting up a deal where it will be released in IMAX. um, And it will be on Netflix the same day. I just don't even understand that. <laughs> um, it's I, it's really interesting because what they're going to try and do, it's it's like you can see it in IMAX. And you'll probably want to because... Or you can see it on your freaking television. And tiny, tiny, tiny screen. Or your computer screen. My, my screen's not that tiny. Right. I, well, I, in comparison to IMAX, it is. And that's what I think they're they're betting on. But this is pissing off a lot of people. Um, it's really weird. because, And if you think about it, because this has never really been done before where, you know, an IMAX release is is hitting the same day as a free streaming if you're paying well it's not free but this isn't pay-per-view this isn't renting this is you being able to stream this movie the same day it's in theaters i think it's awesome i no, i think it's great i'm just like huh. but how what's that going to do for the other releases out there that can't afford to make a big deal with netflix like this you know, it's it's. I don't know. Netflix has been really causing a lot of um, people in the industry to change their game, and I don't good. know that it's it necessarily is, a bad thing. It is good, and it is isn't good in some ways. I mean, it, I'm. It's I'm, also the how this works out because it could be the death of going to the theater. 
And that's I, I don't think that's true because, no, because you know what? You and I are so, people who have giant TVs and have spent a lot of time and money making it so that we can have a really great movie experience at home and we still go to the theater. I think the cool thing is it gives you this ability where, like, for instance, Guardians of the Galaxy, which we saw multiple times in the theater and if we had been able to we would have watched in between those times of actually going to the theater on netflix yes Uh, and i still buy it like you know i think what they've they've come to realize which is it's so true too is like um that like you go to the theater for the experience because it's very expensive like, it's, it's not, like, something where, like, oh, I'm gonna go down to the theater and pay a couple bucks and see a flick. You know, it's not that anymore. It's um completely, totally, like, you have to be in it to pay the amount of money they charge for a ticket. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's separating. It's like, look, if you want the experience, we're giving it to you. In IMAX, if you just want to see the movie... And, you know, like... And that's a movie, like, the original Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is one that set a precedent for the, the kind of beautiful movies of that that filmmaker makes, where I saw all of them in the theater. Well, and that that's part of the thing with this one is um, he is not uh, no longer involved with it. Right, right. This, but, is, this is not... Um, but I mean, as, as, a, as, a, as a thing... Like, I, I want to see the movie, whether or not he's involved, but, like, I would probably see it in the theater and watch it on streaming and, or start to watch it on streaming and go, man, I really wish this was on a giant six-story screen. Yeah. Right. Well, and the other thing is, the thing that makes this really different, too, is the fact that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a huge film. I have been waiting for the sequel to that. And by the way, we're talking about Ang Lee. We, we were saying he. It's Ang Lee did the original. Well, yeah, we know. Um, but the this one is bringing back Michelle Yeoh, Jason Scott Lee's in this, Donnie Yen. I mean, we've got all, all, everybody but Chow, you know, Chow Yun-Fat. Well, he died. He died. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, Chow Yun-Fat's alive. <laughs> we but, should probably qualify that in this day and age. But uh, they're all back for this, and this is a huge sequel. This is a very big film to have something like this happen with it. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind and, and wonder how this is going to affect film in the future. Uh, this movie will be released August 28th, 2015. So it's actually going to be a summer release next year. So, it's so sweet. I'm so excited. Um, looks beautiful. Michelle Yeoh kicks so much ass. We love her. So now on to the TV recaps. That we had tons of because we had a couple of, well, we had Once Upon a Time started. Yay. Yes. Um, but really quickly, I have to gush a little bit about Doctor Who because it is my my love. Um, the caretaker happened. We went back to Cole Hill School. The doctor and Danny Pink met. It did not go well for Clara Oswald. I, Danny Pink is amazing. I love that character. I hate Danny Pink. I love it. Hate the whole Pink. like calling him out on being an aristocrat. Oh my god, that was so brilliant. But you know, that's a lie. He's not. We had that established in Listen. He wasn't an aristocrat. He earned the title of Time Lord. But it's a title. It's a title, but he obviously was not from a well-to-do family. 
but it's like but at the same time like you have to like but the character itself maybe the mythology of the doctor isn't that he is an aristocrat and that he earned that title but who can relate to the doctor we relate to the companions right well and here's the thing that i found interesting because i got into a discussion with some people online about this danny pink's reaction to this wasn't quite as extreme as it should have been to someone that had just seen an alien for the first time and had seen all of this even though he is a soldier um i'm thinking that he may be from unit and also i'm wondering if there's something more to danny pink than meets the eye and on top of that um the fact that you have your girlfriend throw down the i love you and he didn't say a word back to her about that though nothing there was really no reaction and um it was an immediate like like the because i love him because he was mad and then then it all went away it was like it's like you know you don't have to overstate things in that situation and sometimes the understatement is so much nicer well i i i'm more i i'm not a, a pinky i i am not a pinky and the doctor in this i thought capaldi brought such a sweet brokenheartedness to it and at the same time anger he did a great balancing act with just his eyes and i really really like that and i like that he was pissed but he couldn't do anything about it kind of a deal and um i love that they were at coal hill uh it was a it was really not about the monster as much as it was about the characters and establishing what's happening and i really do truly think that i think Clara's going to die i think it's going to go bad I think something's going to happen involving Danny Pink, and I think it's going well, badly. We already, well, we already know she has to survive long enough to reproduce. Do we? So I Does, think did, she's did, okay. Don't, so uh, obviously, uh, Sarah and I will not agree on Mr. Danny Pink. <laughs> Team Doctor Bitches. Um, Team Pink. But I have to, I have to bring up one thing that was very, very cool and made me squee a little bit, and is going to be the the impetus of so many crossovers fictions. Is Chris Addison is at the end of this episode, and if you know anything about Peter Capaldi and the show The Thick of It, he is Ollie Reader, which is awesome, and um, he plays uh, a character named Seb. We only get him for a couple seconds on this. Um, but he is obviously the right hand of Missy. And now there is like a movement online now, people wanting Chris Addison to be the doctor's new companion (laughs) because Ollie Reader and Malcolm Tucker forever. Um, But moving on to uh, the other show that um, we got a finale. God, I cannot believe this. Mid-season restart is not until like april of april. next year until uh, april of 2015 <laughs> thanks stars yeah wow. it, this is just not okay i've never heard of this it's only episode like eight longer, or something this is a longer hiatus than the walking dead it is it, it totally is it's, i'm in the sherlock fandom it doesn't matter I, well, <laughs> actually, so i feel I mean, your pain is what three I'm episodes and let's face it we just 
deal with it for that. <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying, like, I feel your pain. Yeah, this and is over, over. The thing is that I have this thing right now. I'm going to catch up on all the episodes and then I'll be waiting right there with you. Well, April 4th, 2015 is when you'll, and, and here's the best part. It's like the last episode. They're making us wait that long for the for finale. One, one more episode? Yeah. Yeah, That's well, they're doing ridiculous. the whole first, I don't, really? I don't, I don't get it. Because but, that's only like halfway through the first book. Well, so it's stars. I don't know. They, they canceled Camelot too, which was great. Um, so the episode was both sides now. And it was really neat to see finally what was going on with Frank while Claire's in the past. And um, I thought that was a really neat scene of him beating the crap out of his would-be robbers. Because he's trying to find Claire and it's been like six weeks that he's been missing and um it's a really great scene where he's beating them up and you see the black Zach randall come out of him and it's really an interesting parallel and i really liked this how this whole episode was set up and how it was filmed um and i love the ending even though it means we have to wait till next year i'm done okay <laughs> Yeah, I, no, your paint, though. I really do Sarah what do you think <laughs> well I mean and um my husband really enjoyed the Frank stuff too I'm not a fan of Frank but that could be because I'm a fan of the books um and because basically he just leaves Scotland and and takes up with someone else so uh you know it's 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 not as romantic in the books it's, they've really romanticized Frank quite a bit in the series um, which I can see why you do that. It's like conflict, it's intrigue. Um, it's a little, you know, more of a of a television pacing of it than um, than a book pacing of it. Other than that, like it was it was amazing. It was very, very good. Um, you know, like Black Jack Randall again is horrifying. <laughs> he's um, not a nice man. <laughs> he's not a nice man. Uh, it is not a nice man at all. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see for me with the stuff in the book that was really revealed in the scene where Claire's kidnapped, um, as to how they'll reveal that later, um, in the series itself. Like I said, I can't believe they would only have one more episode because there's just so much that's it in like is it yeah. going to be a super long episode i, I don't know all i see is that they have nine listed that there's nine episodes so unless there's more being added i don't think there is any more well, um, that would be silly though why would they do that i don't know it's stars they don't make any sense they canceled um they canceled uh jeffrey d morgan's show too so i don't know um but the other show that we had a, another episode of that's continuing on is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it actually was a pretty awesome episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, in this one, we find out what's going on with that little obelisk. We actually get a tease of Mr. Kyle McLaughlin. He comes at the end um, all drippy and oddly greasy. And I don't know what happened. Maybe a pie exploded. Um, but. Yeah. <laughs> damn good pie damn good coffee um but uh so in this episode we find out for sure that izzy's dead i mean we are not going to get any more xena in uh 
healed, which is kind of depressing. But we do. I kind of saw that, though. Yeah, I I could only see her doing like one episode and then maybe coming back in flashbacks. She is going to be at New York Comic Con this weekend, though. So you know, it's a comic (sighs) book show, though. So like, nobody really has to be dead if they don't want her to be. She's kind of dead. Um, she's not really super powered at all. She had her hacked her own hand off before being pummeled by a car. So don't really They're doing that. <laughs> they're doing a crossover with DC and gender swapping dead man, Jessica, didn't you hear? Oh god. <laughs> Can you scratch and sniff dead man? <laughs> I hope so. That's wrong. Uh, some smell-o-vision, guys. Oh, God. But uh, this episode was really, uh, really good. And we got a little bit more back background, like, on what happened with Fitzsimmons. And, boy, man, Simmons oh, is a bitch. Yes, that is, I, that that is, is horrible. heartbreaking. Yeah, it is really I heartbreaking. Cried. It It's very sad. And I don't... It, God, we didn't... The Whedons. It's all the Whedons. Um, but My God, uh, that's heart-wrenching. That is, that's the best I've ever seen it done on television. <laughs> it's so The mean. best I have ever seen. Like, usually it's like, oh, that poor person. This one's like, my God. Like, <laughs> We're just so really like, going to rinse it. We're going to rinse it. Yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't even really like, like them. Like, I didn't even care about them the first season. Now I'm like, oh, oh Fitz. See, I, I loved them. And <laughs> And then, like, the end of this last season was like, oh, my God. And then this season, it's like, holy crap. Like, they're really doing, like, this is like, oh, man. I mean, I can hear Grant Morrison salivating over this relationship. I really can. And the other thing is, too, we do see that there is something up with Coulson, for sure. He's doing these, he's kind of fighting off these spells that he gets into where he starts drawing these, these, intricate designs on the wall and may takes photographs of them so she knows that there's something up with them but no one else does so we know there's something going on with colson and those those glyphs that he's drawing are actually on that horrible piece of metal obelisk that now is in the hands of the greasy hands of daddy mclaughlin who we know is and for a fact this guy's dad so we've got a really good mystery going on this season they're not backing down on the whole um, shield is is barely scraping by thing, and I'm really enjoying it. So, yes, Rachel, you still need to get caught up. I, I was trying so hard not to draw attention to myself that whole time. <laughs> She's just like, pay no attention to the woman behind, behind the curtain. Exactly. Um, so... I'm going to have to cut short a couple of these, I think. Uh, but Gotham was super good. Um, I re- So good. I really love the Penguin. I want to yeah. get the cuddle. The Penguin is amazing. The I would watch who's... that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying the actor who plays him is just bringing all sorts of depth to this wonderful. I mean, they did such a good job this whole thing, making it look like a comic book a very specific kind of comic book. And we, we've already talked about all the nuances of it, but like he just embodies that whole world. I almost feel like it all snaps around him. And um, I loved Carol. Um, oh, Carol. Carol Kane. Carol Kane as his mother. Oh, God. And then everything. they've mentioned the doll maker now. So we have yet another villain. And I really loved um, Selena Kyle in this. And they had this little girl basically rip this guy's eyes out. I mean, it was 
It was crazy though because they called it Selena Kyle and she was in it for like six seconds. That yeah, was my, yeah. That was my only beef with it. Yeah, it's it's gonna, but she is a pivotal part because she witnessed the murder, and it's gonna be really cool. Um, I'm really interested in um, coming up here, um, episode four, which is going to be October thirteenth, is named is just called Arkham, and then November eleventh, um, that episode is entitled Penguin's Umbrella. Well, I think it's interesting that they've already kind of sown the seed of oh, there we should reopen Arkham Asylum. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. And people who aren't watching it are stupid. Yeah. You really do need to watch it. It's beautifully done. They really are doing a night. Oh, and fish Mooney. Oh my God. Uh The one thing, the one thing still that, um, I will maybe warn people about is like, people are like, Oh, this is like kind of campy and fun. Um, I really do think the show takes itself very seriously. It's very dark. I just don't think the actors, I don't think all the actors, I think some of them do, but some of the actors just aren't quite up to the task of pulling it off. I think it's, it has room for camp though. Yeah. It should have more camp. I think it should have more camp, but it's, it's very obvious. The show takes itself quite seriously. That said, it's good. Like, oh, I can't stand the woman who plays Barbara. <laughs> I don't think like, you're supposed to. I don't think you're supposed oh, to. Yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to like her. But uh, moving on to Once Upon a Time. Yay! Yay! Which is back. We could all agree this is awesome. Um, so Giancarlo Esposito's back as Sydney the Mirror. She was so yeah. happy to see her. Oh, God. And, um, we actually now know it's going to be hardcore Frozen coming in. Um, you know, I was actually surprised that they brought in all the elements so quickly. Like, usually when they do the flashbacks, it takes a little while to develop. And it was like, nope, here's Sven, here's... Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like, here's everyone, here's the ice monster. Like, let's well, get right to this. I think this is... I think this is the first time that they've had such a huge, huge Disney film at the same time that this series has been on the air. And so they're totally jumping that wagon as they, as soon as they can with it. They're even turning in um, sections of Disney world now into frozen land. They're, they're actually redoing it. And so they're, they're riding this pony to market with, with frozen and, and I'm all good about that. They look like them come to life. They did really good with the casting. They did find girls with giant eyes. I will say that. that they is, did. Kind of um, and I got it. I got it. I got a squee because Belle and Rumpel danced in the costume. Yeah, they no. did in the costume. In the costume. Was so... I I think that that was my that was one of my favorite parts. And the other thing that I um. I really enjoyed was um oh god my, sorry my my I I'm sorry I just dropped something down my shirt I'm leaving this in distraction that's not even fair <laughs> this is the left in I I've had a very long day um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the, that uh, the the dance and I really enjoyed um the way that they left things with Regina, I like that she is struggling with it, and I liked their juxtaposition between um, 
Swan and Regina and this, do you want to build a snowman? Did you guys notice that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> did, well, so did you notice cute. the Sorcerer's Apprentice hat that Rumple has? Yeah, because yeah. they played the theme in the back. And they played the music. Like, they're really, oh, I just loved how they gave you, like, they pushed the Disney a little bit more in this episode mm-hmm. than I feel like they have in the past. They really were like, they're like, okay, I think that we understand our fan base now and our fan base is watching this because they're diehard Disney fans. Yep. And it's, it's really, really, I I just, I'm happy it's back. I was worried that they were going to, I was going to be bored with the frozen stuff, but I like what they're doing with it. Oh yeah. They, and they captured the characters really well. Yeah. It wasn't badly done and that makes me happy. So um, really quickly, uh, Sleepy Hollow was great. Um, as I said, we're going to have Derek Mears on later this month, so I'm not going to go too in-depth into it. I want to pick his kind of rotten brain at this point, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I love Mearsy. No, his character, though, he's a corpse. Yeah, I know. And a demon and something else and another thing. Um, hell, I think he's the horse. Um <laughs> So um, we're going to move into our discussion segment, and I'm really excited about this because I'm curious to see what Rachel picked, and I have never heard of this thing, if it's the same thing that she mentioned um, that that um, Sarah picked. So I'm going to start with Rachel. Um, what is your obscure favorite horror film? You know, I don't um, – I. I don't like horror movies and the ones that I like tend to be not so obscure to fangirl listeners. But, uh, I, I was torn between this one that I saw as a child that, um, really turned me off of horror because it scared me to death (laughs) and one that I saw as, as an adult that is not my normal taste. And so I've decided to go with the one I saw as an adult that is not my normal taste because I know more about it, which is, um, Cemetery Man. Yay. And Cemetery Man is actually an Italian film starring Rupert Everett. <laughs> and oh, I, I get he, the reason she saw this, I think. <laughs> he, no, I actually didn't. Actually, I have to give props publicly to Nicholas Rich, who always likes to show obscure movies at his parties. And I found quite a few movies that I love um, through him. But um, Cemetery Man is about this guy who lives in an Italian graveyard. And seven days after a corpse is buried, it raises it raises up. He calls them returners, and he lives there with kind of this um, Igorish character. I think his name is something like Nar. He says Nar, like that's the only thing he can say. Hodor. <laughs> and um, and uh, he lives there, and he is always trying to get the mayor to like take note that these people are coming back, and he has to shoot, kill, like, kill these people again. And the mayor is too distracted with affairs and different things to really care. And there's a lot of, there's not a super cohesive plot. It's really kind of funky. It has a lot of female nudity, which guys tend to like. I have a really hot Italian model who plays multiple characters. Um, at one point, Nar falls in love with somebody and I think accidentally kills her or somebody accidentally kills her. And so he kind of has to like Frankenstein her back um there's just a lot of really odd things that happen to it and in the middle of it he there's almost an evil dead army of darkness kind of killing of corpses and there's a weird sex scene in a in an ossuary and it's 
I don't know. It's just bizarre. And Rupert Everett loved this film so much that he tried for like over a decade to get it made in America. Well, it's actually based off of, if you guys have um, not seen it yet, it's based off of a book um, by the writer of the the comic book Dylan Dog, which kind of makes sense because if you've seen Dylan Dog, it has that same sort of visual look to it as this. So, um, good choice. I love Cemetery Man. It's great. And I, I will, I will tell you the name of the one that scared me as a child, and you're gonna laugh at me. But it's the reason I couldn't watch horror movies. I used to wake up screaming, and I'd accidentally watched it like on TV in the noon. It's a 1969 movie called The Mad Room. Oh, which is about um, this woman who caretakes this old widow. And she brings her her brother and sister from, like, the mental institution. But they were there because they murdered their parents, which you find out, I believe, in flashbacks. It's been, I mean, I was literally very small when I saw this. That sounds horrifying. And at one point, like, during the flashbacks, the police were, like, coming into the room to, like, see the parents. And the kids are, like drawing pictures and blood on the walls and like laughing and so like the the name of the movie is because like they have this mad room and this all comes out because they're like why do you need a mad room (laughs) that's got shelly winters in it too it like scared the crap out of me when i was like maybe nine and it's not the kind of thing my parents would have let me watch i like stumbled across it in the afternoon on tv (laughs) so that was my runner-up um, so Sarah, what is your choice? Okay, so mine's a little unorthodox, but you really wanted me to dig deep here. So yes, I did. I went with something that for me as a college student left me horrified quite frequently that not, not a lot of people have seen. I think in some circles a lot have seen, but um, I decided to go with Serial Experiment Lane. Yes! Uh, which is an anime series from 1998, also a game by the same name. Um, so Serial Experiment Lane w- isn't even considered um, a horror genre anime. Um, it is, uh, it's like cyberpunk, it's super psychological, uh, but it's kind of in the spirit of like the 90s hacker movement, but basically, this young girl is contacted through her computer by um, a classmate she who committed suicide. So it deals with like, it messes with you. It messes it with your head really big time. Is. Huh? It really does. I can, I, it, I think that's a great choice. Um, like it actually, uh, you know, like, my, my husband doesn't even like keeping doors open at night. Because that horror, you know, to the, it has these moments in it that are just terrifying. Because it's a very subdued anime, and then it has these things in it that are just absolutely terrifying. Um, it messes with your mind, because basically, um, you start out, you're with this character, Lane. She's a mostly seemingly harmless character, and then, like... She, as she discovers more about herself, you discover more about her. And as the series goes forward, you get less and less certain that you're in like the in you're in reality, like the 
the um, structure of it keeps getting more and more unstable. Uh, you know, you're switching between a digital realm and, um, you know, the physical realm. And, you know, it's kind of like you're not sure which one they want you to think is the real world. And it's just a trip. It's a trip and it's horrifying and nothing good happens for anybody in that show. Mm -mm, mm -mm. It is a tragedy. Like, and like I said, it's got these jump scares in it that are just terrifying. Well, and it, just her little face will keep you up at night. I, 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 so it kind of sounds, I, 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 I'm reading about this as you're talking about it. And it sounds a lot like what would happen if David Cronenberg decided to do an anime. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very accurate. And there's even like, they, it's got a lot of experimental almost animation in it. Mm -hmm. um a lot of very like and it's just uh the guy who created it thought that he actually was kind of disappointed because it was an experiment for him because what he thought was that the people in japan would have a different experience than people in the united states who watch it and and they ended up having very similar experiences but i think going back and watching it now i think there might be a lot more discussion about it um a lot more different discussion than there was back then, but um, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> it, it does not. It does not leave you feeling safe and cozy. And really, like one of one of the most horrifying things you can do is question your own identity and question your own sanity. And watching through that series actually made me question my sanity. Well, everybody, I, I, I am going to go find this. Um, it is called Serial Experiments Lane, and it's serial as in serial killer, um, experiments, and then Lane, L-A-I-N. And there is a, an American version of it, uh, by American I mean dubbed English, um, and it looks like it was released back in 1998. So yes. I, And you, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. If you if you can't find it anywhere else, which I, I do believe you can get some relatively inexpensive bootlegs of it, but YouTube is another place you can find it. I got to tell you how I, I saw it for the first time was I was on this like Yahoo group or something in like 1999. Oh, yeah. And, um, I did some trade. It was like a Christian anime group. And she's like, let me just send you a bunch of stuff. And that was in there. And so I had that no, was a like, really nice thing for a Christian. <laughs> I know. I was like, I think she sent me like some, you know, kind of, you know, innocuous stuff. And then there was like Lane in the middle of it. But it was cool because it really opened my eyes to a lot of um, different experimental animation that I hadn't been before. And I think that even if you're not a horror fan, you should watch it because it is, it's a head trip and it'll mess with you, but it is um, worth it. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of cyberpunk. Like if you're into a cyberpunk genre, you'll love it. Um, so I, I love the fact that we have a uh, cemetery man, which is based off of a comic book or not a comic book, but by a comic book writer, we've got uh, an anime and now I've kind of got the sort of weird classic one that um, I don't think either of you may have seen. Um, back in 1974, Amicus and AIP, which is American International Pictures, they're the guys that made all those beautiful Vincent Price um, Edgar Allan Poe movies, co-produced together a film called Madhouse. 
And Madhouse brought together Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and Robert Corey. And it's this really cool kind of breaking of the fourth wall sort of film. Um, it's very 70s, but um, it's really neat because thanks to um, American International being part of it, they were able to take clips from their films and put them in this as part of the story. And um, it follows this actor that played by Vincent Price named Paul Toombs two O's, um, who is a horror actor, and he's got this role called Dr. Death, and he's deciding to end his film career, and what happens is his fiance is murdered that night horribly, and he discovers the body, and no one knows if he did it or not, or if he's crazy, so he gets washed up, and um, years later, he's brought back by Peter Cushing, who is his friend and writer, um, who wants to make a TV series based off of his movie character, and um, when he comes back, he's still sort of broken and people start dying, being murdered in ways that Dr. Death would kill. And you don't know if it's him. You don't know who's doing it. You don't know what's going on. And um, it's really, really, really neat to see these characters, especially like Robert Corey shows up at a Halloween party. He's throwing dressed as Count Yorga, but he's not Count Yorga, yet he's dressed like him. <laughs> and you've got Peter Cushing dressed as Dracula. And um, then you have Vincent Price in his skull face, this iconic look for him of this character. And it's so cool because they're talking about um, uh, Basil Rathbone and all of this in the movie. And it's a, just a really beautifully done flick. And there's this iconic moment at the end. Um, I don't want to ruin it for you, but there's this iconic moment at the end where they somehow, with makeup, have combined the faces of Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. And it's not CG, it's their faces. And it's somehow they've made Vincent Price look like Peter Cushing. It's really, really cool. So the film is actually streaming on Netflix right now. And I, if you've never seen it, you really should. If you're a fan of old school horror like I am, you'll really, really enjoy it. It's a weird one. Sam Arkoff uh, produced it. It's based off this really old, I'm trying to find the book. I've been trying to find the book called Devil Day, which has loosely based on it and um it's just really neat and also you've got actors like uh linda hayden who was in taste the blood of dracula in there too so if i strongly suggest seeing madhouse if you've not seen it you have not completed your your work in the work of vincent price so madhouse streaming on netflix i think i think it would even be tame enough though for rachel to watch I, I love those kind of old horror movies. I'm down with that. It's really fun. And um, I love the fact that it's these two studios together making it. So they were able to use this footage. And it's what House of Long Shadows should have been. Because uh, although it was awesome to have Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing and um, uh, Carradine and Price all together in a movie, uh, it wasn't that good. <laughs> But Madhouse is brilliant. I really enjoy it. It's full of really creepy things, and I love Vincent Price. So um, that is my choice. Um, thank you, gals, for giving us your choices as well. Um, we'll put some links up to where to information about these movies on Fangirl Magazine, so fangirlmag.com. And, um, yeah, get ready for a great month. We're going to have a good time this month on uh, Fangirl, and it's all going to culminate at the end of the month, hopefully with a great – Halloween special. Yes. 
<laughs> that the girls already know about. <laughs> be, be afraid. You should be, very be afraid. afraid. Be afraid. Um, so thank you again for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And tune in next week when we are doing our Robert Quarry tribute with director awesome dude tim sullivan i'm so excited and um rachel sarah thank you again thank you and tune in next week see you fangirl radio out